everybody, and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Taylor Wells. Taylor, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Just a uh, nice, nice and relaxful weekend for once. How about you? It is very good. Um, about the same. Went to, I went to a hockey game last night, had a lot of fun. Uh, it's currently freezing in Calgary, Alberta, but what else is new? Um, right. And I'm right with you. It's one of those weekends where you just uh, you stay inside and you watch The Office on Netflix. So, uh, doing pretty good. Nice, nice. I'm just doing some house cleaning. So, by the time that you guys are listening to this, it'll uh, it'll be March 4th. But, for me and you, Taylor, it is March 3rd. And, of course, that day is a very special day to Nintendo fans and Zelda fans. Because two years ago today... The Nintendo Switch launched with Breath of the Wild right alongside of it, and we're going to reflect upon our memories of Breath of the Wild and uh, what we think its legacy is going to end up being among Zelda games. And we're also going to talk about the 3DS exactly like we promised. Um, you know, we kind of we kind of said last week that uh, Link's Awakening being on the Switch is, is kind of the final nail in the coffin for the lifespan of the uh, 3DS. I guess it's got a Kirby game still on the way, but I mean, to me, that only just confirms how dead the 3DS really is. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, the 3DS's legacy, what are some of its top games, and just take a little bit of a look at Zelda as it pertains to the 3DS. But first, we got some stuff that we want to go over, um, and actually, I'm going to throw out a quick plug if you don't mind, Taylor. Do you have uh, Do you have 30 seconds to listen to me shill something really quick? Hey, man, if I can listen to your promos during the marathons, I can listen to this one. All right. So this promo is all about a new podcast that I have started with friend of the show, Gooey Fame, called Virtual Theater. Now, this is a show that uh, is independent of Zelda Dungeon. We take a look at video game movies. So as it sounds, movies based off of video games and why they end up the way that they do, and that mostly is to say why they're all so bad. But there are some gems among them. So each week we're gonna we're gonna break down exactly, you know, which all the key moments from the particular movie that we're watching. Um, our debut episode just dropped. It's all about Street Fighter in the movie, probably the best bad movie ever, in my estimation. Um, so if you like what uh, you know what Taylor and I do on the Champions Cast here, there's a lot of that same stuff. You've heard Gooey on this show, and of course he hosts the Hyrule Compendium over at Zelda Dungeon. So we'd really appreciate it if you uh, checked it out. We're over on SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud.com/slash/VirtualTheater. So uh, you know if you got if you got a spare two hours and you want to listen to a couple guys have fun and talk about Jean Claude Van Damme and and the greatness that was Street Fighter the movie. Uh, check it out. It would really mean a lot. And if you like it, pass it along to a friend. So, there's my shill. I hope that wasn't too bad. Because you started with Street Fighter, is your new podcast going to be releasing on Tuesday by chance? It might. Uh, I think we just randomly dropped it on uh, Thursday, so we might have to change that iconic line. If you don't know what Taylor is referencing, you got to go and watch the show because it is... It's uh, it's hilarious. It's um, so and then bad. Watch it's Street good. Fighter the movie. <laughs> yeah. So we we had a lot of fun with it, and um, uh, that that won't impact this podcast in in any way, shape, or form. So uh, you'll just get a double dosage of me. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but there you go. Well, you also also get an additional scoop of gooey, so that's always a good thing. And that yeah, that's definitely a good thing. Um, 
So you you at least have some positive there to uh, to counteract the double dose of Spiteri every week. Let's move on and talk about something that we're running on the website right now. And it's something that I'm like very excited about. Actually, I'm, I'm a super geek for these kind of things. It's all about musical March Madness. So what that is, as the name implies, is you got you know you know March Madness, right? You have sixty four yeah. teams, and they and they go up against each other, and there's a, there's seeds one through sixteen, and four divisions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So last year at Zelda Dungeon, we did a, a top fifty Zelda songs ever list, um, and so we wanted to do we wanted to make it like a recurring feature but we wanted to switch it up a bit so this year we took 64 songs instead and as you might have put together bracketed them and seeded them and put them in a big tournament that is running the entire month of march to determine the best zelda song ever by the time that you're listening to this the contest will already be three days deep so definitely a lot of time for you to get in and join the action um it's been really it's been really fun so far there's already been some big upsets and of course you have like all your iconic themes like Dragon Roost Island, like the title theme from Zelda. You've got the newer stuff like Cass's theme. Uh, you've got Dark World. You, you've, you've just got a great collection of Zelda songs from throughout the ages. And there's like there's some good stuff there from a little bit of uh, the underappreciated games too. We got some Wanda Gamelon in there. We got uh, we got Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land representing. We've got uh, Hyrule Warriors in there. So definitely make sure that you. Uh, that you head over to the site. We have one post that is going to be updated daily for the entire month of March. So uh, yeah, get in on it. It's been it's been real fun so far. I wonder how many upsets we're gonna see because it's as you said that list is extensive and there there are some diamonds in the rough. I think. Um, you know, and I was I was expecting to see some upsets in like the latter rounds where maybe a number four seed could knock off a number one seed. It's happening in round one already um number 12 like just just missed knocking off a number five seed um nine upset eight we've seen uh, 11 upset six so it's it's been crazy and it's only the second day so definitely make sure that you head on over to it it's a it's a really cool competition i'm i'm a big nerd for these kind of things it reminds me taylor back in the day did you ever go to gamefacts.com yes all right you do you remember those character contests that they used to have there uh huh. We've talked about this many times. I know. I just, I, I just, God, I loved that. It was such a so good. It was like it, it was so good, and I, I grew up on it. So I've, I'm always trying to like get that kind of vibe going into uh, Zelda Dungeon. So head on over, check it out. It's a lot of fun. And uh, who do you think is gonna win? Yeah, I'm ooh. putting you on the spot. Who do you think is gonna win? Darn, that's ooh, already. Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to say it's going to be probably Dragon Roost Island just just because like it, it's one of the more iconic themes of Wind Waker it, and like the, again like this is Wind Waker's greatest accomplishment in my in my mind is the fact that its soundtrack is damn near flawless so and it's hard to go wrong with Dragon Roost it's, it's a great track I think my only it's thing, a great track. My only theme that I like more than that in Wind Waker is probably the main theme, or the title theme. Rather. So you're you're going with uh, you're going with Dragon Roost for the win, hey? Probably, yeah. I was I was right with you. I thought the Dragon Roost is uh, is going to steamroll everything, 
But man, I, I got to change my pick. Um, I think Gerudo Valley is going to win. After okay. watching it in day two, it is winning. Uh, I want to say that there is 230 votes so far in the poll today. And uh, 223 of those votes are for Gerudo Valley. So it is just absolutely demolishing its competition right now. So I ain't betting against that. No way. Gerudo that's, Valley. You that's were, fair. You were to hear first. I, I think uh, that I, if there's another theme in Zelda that's, you know, just as iconic as Dragon Rurus, it's absolutely Gerudo Valley is one of them. And I mean, there's just there's so many iconic themes that that it's hard to pick. And you're probably going to hear me next week saying, "Well, well, this one's obviously going to win. It's going to be two songs that are totally not Greedo Valley or Dragon Roost Island." So uh, make sure you get in on the action. Join our Discord. We have a dedicated March Madness channel and uh, a bunch of other fun stuff. There's Breath of the Wild channel, Link's Awakening, um, just a a fun social channel. There's some Zelda stuff, some Zelda help, some Zelda guides, just general Zelda talk. So uh, a lot of good things going on on our Discord, so check that out. Yeah. Before sure. we get into Breath of the Wild and the 3DS, uh, we should probably talk about the Pokemon Direct that dropped really quickly. Uh, we uh, only got yes. seven minutes, and uh, it was an action-packed seven minutes. It felt like it flew by. Of course, we got kind of the worst-kept secret in Nintendo. Um, the Gen 8 Pokemon is on the way. And it was revealed to be Pokemon Sword and Shield. Pretty neat. Yeah, I like. You know what? I I was not expecting kind of the the name switch up. I I mean, I guess we should have eventually because they were kind of running out of uh, colors and and uh, gems, so to speak, to to go with. And then you know we kind of got X and Y, which was a little bit of the start of it. So. But Sword and Shield, that was that was a little bit of a surprise for me. So I, I I'm okay with that. I like it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I uh, I think I like the Sun and Moon title better. But I mean, like Sword and Shield makes sense. Um, we were we were just like cracking jokes pretty much all day after about like what <laughs> what could be next, like uh, yeah, like Pokemon peanut butter and jelly or something like that. So um, it, it's it's fun to see. Uh, all of the different, all the different memes already from it. Um, so it looks like it's taking place. It's a new region. What is it called? Like uh, Glacor or something like that, or something weird like that. It's like I forget uh, what it is. Gralar or something. So basically, it takes place in England, pretty much. They all have uh, there's a there's a definite English flair to it. And speaking of memes, there's some great memes on the internet already about this and like. All of the different uh, Britonisms that could be applied to Pokemon, and so it's it's pretty funny stuff. But I, you know, I thought that the overworld actually looked really really cool. I wasn't a a massive fan of uh, the Alola region from Sun and Moon. I, I think it was too one dimensional, like it was too tropical. Um, and oh, this really? looks, yeah, I don't know. It, it, like it wasn't it wasn't bad. I just I, I like having the diversity of like the different like i'm a big fan of like having your snow levels having your desert levels having your forest like blah 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 and so this looks like a little bit more of a return to form for that so i right away i thought that it looked pretty cool what'd you think i you know what it's it's really interesting how how it works i think 
you know, they, they kind of went with, uh, what was it in Unova? It was supposed to be kind of like uh, a New York theme. So uh, I like that they're they're mixing it up. But I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm going to finally say until, until it comes out. So I just think, like, the initial impression I got of the world, um, it, it left me... It left me feeling pretty good when I when I saw the initial reveal of the of the world of uh, Sun and Moon. I was just kind of like, eh. So th- already this is kind of a step ahead to me, um, and of course, we got our three new starters, and they are Score Bunny, the fire type, and he looks uh, he looks like a little bunny. And he's probably going to be a firefighting Pokemon. Another one, which is ridiculous. Uh, what did you like? Did you like Score Bunny? Um, I so normally I'm a bunny fan, but in this case, I'm actually I'm gonna go with Sobble, who's the water starter. Uh, as Pokemon and, just and looks Sobble, like Sobble, he looks pathetic. I okay, that's one way of describing it. I would say he just I looks I mean like that I mean that in a lovable way. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I meant pathetic in a, in a in a you want to hug him way. I think he's like the most anxious Pokemon I've ever seen in my life, and I I don't know. The, the second I saw those images, I was like, oh, that's cool, grass monkey. Okay, fire bunny. And then what is that? I need to protect it. So no, Sobble is uh is pretty much like the Charlie Brown of this group. Yeah, you know, I could totally see. Score Bunny teeing him up to kick the football and then pulling it back at the last second, and Sobble just goes flying. Um, so yeah, he uh, apparently he won the poll for the most, I don't know, loved of the new starters so far. Um, but of course, I'm a grass starter guy, so uh, I was excited about Grookey, who is the new grass dude. He is a little monkey, um, and he looks kind of neat, I guess. I don't know. He he was okay. He was no Rowlet. That was a great grass starter but that uh, was a good one it's all about the the last evolutions evolutions are going to be though yeah exactly so and we'll probably have to wait a bit for that too because i think that they uh they usually don't reveal that information until fairly close to the end of when pokemon comes out um and so these guys are coming out in uh in november well i guess they didn't actually say november they said late uh 2019 but they're probably coming out in late november so, uh, not even that far away. So, I guess just, you know, I know that we didn't see a lot of it, but just sum it up. Did you like what you saw, and are you excited? Yes, I, I'm absolutely excited. I can't wait to dive back into Pokemon in, in a main series Pokemon game for, you know, that we haven't we haven't had a, a new one in some time. It's been a couple of years, and let alone on the Switch. So, next generation Pokemon, let's go. Yeah, I'm definitely excited that it's on the Switch. I think me and you were one of the only people that really didn't have a problem with Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee. And so it looks like they're kind of keeping some of the same, um, you know, elements of those games. So I'm really excited. There was a large portion of people that were uh, a little bit underwhelmed, I guess might be the word, about how Pokemon is is kind of stuck in a rut. And uh, it's kind of the same old, same old. And I do empathize with that and appreciate that point. Um, I was I was having dinner with a buddy the other day, and we were talking about what Pokemon could do to kind of like reinvent itself, or what that Breath of the Wild Pokemon game, if you will, would be. 
So um, hopefully, you know, hopefully this game has more layers to peel back and we see some stuff uh, revealed that kind of sets it apart from the last couple ones. Because I think it's probably fair to say Pokemon is a bit stagnant at this point. But, um, you know, I always give it the benefit of the doubt and I'm pretty uh, pumped to play it. I don't remember. Um, did they show off the new catching mechanic or... Nope. Did they? Okay, so it we it could be Pokemon Let's Go style, or it could be something else entirely. What what I kind of expect is that the catching mechanic returns to normal, um, and they don't have the motion controls of Pokemon Let's Go, but they do incorporate like the whole um, like no random battles. Like you'll just see the Pokemon and they'll pop up. I really expect that to be uh, a main staple and a main feature. That's what I'm because I think that that for. worked really well. Yeah. And it was, like, it's kind of, uh, it's it's a nice way to keep those casual players that played Pokemon Go, but also just not inconvenience all of your diehards, because I don't know anybody that's going to be upset if, if random battles go away. So, I really hope that they keep that, and then there was a, there was a bunch of other things that Let's Go did, like, uh, like having the option to catch legendaries more than once, or having the option to, you know, have a Pokemon follow you that I think would be cool if that came back. So... Yeah, I definitely. I guess that, we'll that's see. another feature I would really love is is the follow mechanic too, but I think it yeah. sh- should have been a little more. I don't know. I I just feel like Pokemon could kind of go more of an RPG route with saying, you know, instead of having to create a game that's entirely about one Pokemon being your like premier partner, like you would be able to choose. And I know it's kind of a daunting task considering how many damn Pokemon are are out there nowadays but i don't know it's just something about having that personalization that choice outside of just two options or three options what have you would be nice i i'm kind of of the opinion that pokemon just needs to have like a really story driven game with lots of side quests and stuff like that just to just to kind of like shake it up because the story of pokemon is more or less the same for every game there's a trainer you want to become the champion and along the way there is an evil team of somebody doing some dastardly things to Pokemon. And it's like, they could they could probably just use a shot in the arm. And a real rival, none of this friendly competition stuff, but like, bring bring Gary Oak back, you know? Like, that guy was such a, a D-bag, and he just got under your skin. I feel like they need an antagonist like that. Yeah, we need more uh, Gary MFing Oak memes. Yeah, because uh, he was the worst. He was the worst, and they haven't really had anybody that could get that heat since uh, Pokemon Red and Blue back in the day. But we only saw seven minutes of this game, so there's definitely a lot to be revealed yet. So hopefully that there, hopefully there's already some of these changes that are uh, in the works. Smell you later, Ash. Let's get down to it, shall we? Oh, Give boy. them what they came here for. Today is March 3rd, a.k.a. Breath of the Wild Day. Um, This game celebrates its second birthday today. And, uh, you know, to get get myself in the mood, I watched the trailer from the Nintendo Switch presentation. And it's still the greatest trailer that Nintendo's ever made. And it just, it brings everything just flooding back about how, how much hype and how how just pumped I was for that game to come out. Um, Probably we'll never have that same feeling again for a game coming out as for Breath of the Wild. So 
two years later, let's talk about, let's go kind of in order here and just talk about its legacy. Where do you think this game is remembered among Zelda games in, uh, let's say, in 10 years from now? Well, I think, you know, the obvious choice is definitely its gameplay. It really, it changed a lot of things that we know about Zelda and, you know, not necessarily for the worse either. I mean, some, some choices you could obviously argue were maybe, I don't know, odd, I guess, for why they would do that when they were such a sell like the dungeons is what I'm specifically referring to but um you know by and large i i can still say to date i think breath of the wild is the game best gameplay of all the zeldas i think that um when you look at zelda there are some key games in the series that just changed everything. I think that you can obviously lump the first Zelda into that category because it created the world, created the game, created the universe, etc., etc. I think that you lump A Link to the Past in that because it took everything that Zelda did and refined it and is the it, it's still the standard bearer for any top-down 2D Zelda game. It introduced so much of the important lore, it introduced so many of the important items and mechanics I think you can lump Ocarina of Time into that, as it was the first 3D Zelda game, and is still, to an extent, the you know the skeleton of a lot of 3D games, uh, not only Zelda games, but just 3D games in general, and it added in so many important features and mechanics, and I think that until Breath of the Wild came out, you couldn't really say that anything changed the game for the Zelda series like those three titles did, but I would put Breath of the Wild in with those three titles. I think yeah, that that's... when you look back at Zelda in like in 10 years or 15 years, you're going to point to Breath of the Wild and say like, this is the game that officially changed how Zelda was done and brought it into a new era. Um, Breath of the Wild just does so much different and yet still feels very Zelda-ish to me that I, I think that it's going to be one of those one of those titles that you know you you just point at and say that is a absolute key moment for the Zelda series is when this game came out certainly that i think you're absolutely right on all those fronts i i'm also very 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 happy with how breath of the wild has shaken up the series, I feel, because I, I don't think like any any Zelda game after this is going to be quite the same as it was before, and I think that is for the good for the better. I you know as you pointed out earlier, Pokemon has kind of been in a need of this kind of thing for some time, and Breath of the Wild just does it so well that you know there's no I think there's no question that it it's left its footnote in history for. You know a, a good variety of reasons and you know say what you will about how often the music is in the game like some of that music was was also just such a such a shift in direction you know more more orchestrated i guess you could say and less um mm-hmm. less standard video gamey type um and i also i don't mean to imply that i think breath of the wild is a 
perfect game or a perfect Zelda game because I I don't I think that there are some areas that it could improve upon, but I you know I I love Breath of the Wild and I think that you know it it will be it will be the game that you point at for the next ten or fifteen years and say like okay this was this generation's Ocarina of Time and or Link to the Past and it and it really took Zelda to the next level. Um, I guess my second question is. Do you think we ever see another game like this? And I don't mean necessarily a game like Breath of the Wild, but what I mean is that a game that kind of totally redefines Zelda. Um, it did, and in large part, this game really kind of you know redefined Nintendo and its approach to games because it was one of the first major titles to introduce um, DLC in a major franchise. It was, it was one of the first to it, it just felt like such an important game when it launched it felt like everything was riding on the success of breath of the wild because you know nintendo just come off the wii u disaster it was launching a new console and its champion was breath of the wild and i think it's fair to say if breath of the wild had not performed nintendo would be in pretty dire straits right now so i just i wonder if we ever see another game like this or, or maybe i should rephrase and say how long until we see another game like this that just comes out and really just changes the landscape. You know, I've said this about Nintendo a lot and where I feel they're one of the one of the video game companies that iterates and experiments and comes up with new like workable ideas probably the most and you know, one thing that surprised me actually too is like when God of War came out recently and it kind of did the same thing for the God of War series that Breath of the Wild has done for Legend of Zelda. And so, you know, bef- before that came out, I would probably say like if any company is going to be able to replicate, you know, being able to have a a era-changing Zelda game again, it would be Nintendo, because they've done it three times now, at the very least. You know, some people could even argue, you know, like Link, uh, Adventure of Link also kind of changed everything we knew about Zelda, even though they didn't stick with it. You know, definitely, definitely was not the Zelda one you knew when that one came out. So, Nintendo is great at that, and I, I, I do think we'll see another one like that. Um, and I, I think, like, you look at some of the transformative Nintendo games over the years. Uh, you'd probably lump in Mario 64, probably lump in uh, Metroid Prime, probably lump in Super Smash Bros. in that category. And I think that, like, like Breath of the Wild, to me, is, is just... It just stands above in terms of its importance and, and what it meant for Nintendo at the time. Because I, like, I, I really just feel like everything was riding... On this game to succeed and then it finally comes out and it just gets perfect score after perfect score after perfect score wins pretty much every single game of the year award that's handed out um you know it 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 did great wonders for uh for us of course over at zelda dungeon um this this game just felt like it was just uh a shot in the arm to, to everything, everything Nintendo, every Nintendo fan had just felt rejuvenated to me because they just had this game that had been in development for so, so long. And it, it had such a weird development cycle. 
and for it to finally come out and just deliver like this was just it, it was it was just such a an unheard of story so I'm, i i just don't know if we'll ever see another another time period like the time leading up to and then immediately following the release of breath of the wild again that's that's totally fair i mean i i can definitely definitely agree that uh you know i could hear the collective sigh of relief from the fandom you know when we had gotten so very little information on the game uh leading up to its release and then finally they debuted it at E3 and like just everybody's just like oh my god thank god it looks okay you know <laughs> yeah uh, and i mean it could have been it probably could have been very easy for this game to have only been so so because we like we have no idea what happened over that dark year where they just refused to say anything about it so the fact that it came out and it was just this masterpiece immediately is uh is incredible definitely um so let's talk about, I guess, uh, the honeymoon phase, if you if you will. Um, obviously, when this game comes out, everybody loves it. It's perfect scores, etc., etc. Um, it was easily my game of the year for last year. Now, let's talk about two years later, with the release of all the DLC and with time to gestate and, you know, really think about it. Where Where does this game sit to you in terms of Zelda games is it is it one of your more favorite Zelda games is it has it fallen down a little bit um, was it ever near the top kind of talk us through your experience with Breath of the Wild with uh, how it pertained to I guess your greatest Zelda game list so Breath of the Wild is an interesting case I think because it's kind of actually done this up and down thing in my list uh especially recently when the game first came out i would say like for the first three days i was completely enamored with it i couldn't stop thinking oh man this is probably the greatest zelda ever it might actually topple ocarina of time for me but it you know as as i got further along through it and as i kept you know i, I stopped seeing it through kind of like those initial look glasses, I started seeing more and more things that I personally just was not the biggest fan of, so it started to somewhat decline a little bit. I think overall, I think it's a middle-of-the-pack game. Um, there Oof. was a point... Yeah. There was a point where it actually dropped in the lower half of my bracket and then went back up to the upper half of my bracket... And then now it's kind of resting middle of the pack again. And I think uh, actually one of the things that that bumped it up for me was last year at the marathon when we did uh, Breath of the Wild Bingo. That was incredibly fun. And I think Breath of the Wild is kind of uniquely suited to that style of kind of, you know, fun fun game that fans can create to, to make the game kind of fresh and new again. And, I, you know, I loved every minute of that. and it And it made me appreciate a little bit more... You know, why so many people do have it very high on their list, like, you know, top three and things like that. And, you know, I I do love it. I do love the game, and I think that it is, from a gameplay standpoint, is one of the best Zeldas ever. I think from a music standpoint, it's up there. Uh, even, even, even though you don't hear a lot of it all the time, it 
you know, it's unquestionable when you when you do hear those songs that they're they leave a mark. Um, but ultimately, story is a huge, huge part of the game for me, and I feel that it it suffered in that regard. And it just felt a little little incomplete. And I don't know if that might be because of what you were talking about, where the, it had this troubled development cycle, where we have no idea what happened during the dark years. And I think uh, because of what whatever might have happened there, Nintendo always just if once I looked at it uh, from non-initial standpoints, it felt like Nintendo in certain areas were just a little too hesitant. Where I think they should have just cut loose. But it it is a phenomenal game, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, I I had it in my top three immediately in in the year twenty seventeen. And uh, it was just below Ocarina of Time and Skyward Sword. And those will probably be my favorite Zelda games. And it would be hard for anything to uh, assert those two. But I had it as my as my number three. And I was expecting it to kind of fall down and, and drop a little bit. Um, but the next year, I also had it as my number three when I submitted my list for the best Zelda ever. And it'll probably be my number three this year, too. And, you know, you kind of touch on it. There's a lot of things that I don't really care for in Breath of the Wild, like the story and the characters... Um, I, I should take that back. I like the characters, but just the way that they were utilized in the overall narrative of the story, I don't think was very good. I think that the the music to me was missing something. Um, even though like all the individual tracks are really good when you when you listen to them, but the style of music, the the ambiance that it was going for, um, it was missing something to me. Um, there, there are other things that I'm not crazy about, like weapons breaking and whatever. But uh, I, I mean, to me, I just when I think of it, I just appreciate it more and more. Like this, this amazing world, this, the, the secrets of all the shrines hidden around everywhere. Um, it just, it's just that feeling that you get when you play Breath of the Wild. And I don't know if it's because, like, because I was just so hyped for it and it just exceeded my wildest expectations. But I, I really do think that. You know, it is that good of a game, and it's gonna it'll it'll take something I think, you know, monumental to to knock it off my top three for me because it, it was just such a a breath of fresh air and such a a change and such a such a once in a lifetime experience that I think that really factors into how you know I perceive that game. So, you know, I kept on expecting it to fall down a little bit and fall down a little bit, and it really hasn't for me. Would you say it's that a, Breath of the Wild feels like truly alive for you when you play through it? When you, yeah, that's a pretty good way to put it. Um, okay. And you know, I I know that some people, I see this comment all the time, and I just don't understand it. It's like the world is so empty. It's like, what are you talking about? There, like, there's not a million non-playable characters walking around. Sure, but like the the point of it is to be empty. Like you're in this you're in this ravaged land that for the last hundred years has just been going downhill and you know like there shouldn't be towns in every single you know every single half mile away from each other and i i just think that would ruin it and the like to me like the world truly is alive and when you're when you're out exploring and you're out you know in the wild that is that's when the game shines the most because that's when you kind of make your own story and that's when you just you take everything in and you're like this is incredible that it feels like i feel like i'm in the history of hyrule right now and it's 
it's just an incredible feeling. So I've never understood that criticism. And I think that that's probably a really good way to put it, that the world really does feel alive. Do you feel that it might be because of the the scale factor in how Breath of the Wild is the biggest in terms of, you know, overworld map, in terms of areas to go to, and, you know, comparatively speaking to other Zelda games, like, that increase of size, you know, makes people feel like it's empty? Um, maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, if you if you look at, you know, Hyrule Field and Ocarina of Time or, or even Twilight Princess, I mean, those are pretty much empty, too. There's nothing really in them. It's just that they're smaller. So that might factor into why people say that. Um, and I, you know, I guess that's fair if that's your prerogative. But to me, it's just there's so many different things. There's so many different animals, different landscapes, different landmarks, different things to do. I, I mean, there's there's 900 Korok seeds hidden in this world. So it, it just... For better or I don't worse. really get... Yeah. So I, I don't really get the whole it's empty criticism. Um, to me, I like that the world is so alive and it doesn't matter to me like that it's, that it's big, even if it was half the size, but still kind of kept that, that vibrant quality to it. I'd be totally fine with that. It's just that it has that, that, um, energy to it. I think, uh, Breath of the Wild actually succeeds quite well with bringing the vibrantness alive because partially due to its aesthetic i I think it's kind of like wind waker in that regard and where you know wind waker's art style we you know people originally said oh it's it's not very zelda like but at the end of the day it definitely gave wind waker you know part of its uniqueness and kind of brought to life a lot of the character designs you know such as all the various different facial expressions and stuff that that link has and all the crazy craziness that he can get up to with his with his emotional range and things so i think i think breath of the wild is kind of similar in where like it's just such a beautiful beautiful game and it's one of my favorite parts of of it is you know you can climb any mountain you can climb any you know you can go anywhere and if you just look out at what you're seeing like it's just this not just the scale of it but it, it it takes my breath away every time without without fail. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing seeing those dragons overhead is is something else. Oh yeah. So and then, um, you know as bad or as easy as the final battle with Ganon is, like you know that whole segment where he's you know in full on beast mode form on out in Hyrule Field and you're just riding on you know whatever you decided to call your horse's name. Uh, you know, riding around, you know, firing your arrows at him, things like that, you know, say what you will about the difficulty of the battle, but there was no questioning the epicness of it. It it felt like it belonged and it felt, I, Mm -hmm. I took a moment the other day, I was streaming, uh, Breath of the Wild for a little bit and I decided to just fight Calamity Ganon for the hell of it and went out of it. And I, I was really struck in the middle of that battle just at how, how big it was how how very actiony it felt how how right it felt for link to be fighting this epic battle with with ganon his greatest nemesis in the series so it really strikes me yeah and i mean i guess uh 
I guess there's really nothing else to say about Breath of the Wild that we haven't covered other than happy birthday. Happy birthday. So there you go. Um, that's Breath of the Wild and uh, its legacy. Obviously, you know we're we're pretty big fans of it, but uh, it'll be it'll be a talking point I think for years and years to come. Um, I do think that another Breath of the Wild esque game sequel, Majora's Mask style sequel, if you will, is probably on the way at some point in the future, maybe in the next two years, three years, something like that. So I, I expect to return to a world to uh, something something kind of akin to Breath of the Wild. So uh, I can't wait for that. Likewise. So let's move on, and uh, we're going to talk about the legacy of another Nintendo product. That is the 3DS. And man, this thing is dead, is it not? As a doornail. Rest in peace, man. Yeah. Um, but what a run the Nintendo 3DS had. And uh, we wanted to reflect on the 3DS a little bit here. And uh, kind of give it a good send-off. Congratulate it on everything that it did. Um, and really just talk about it and then talk about Zelda on the 3DS. Um, so I guess let's get uh, let's get started comes out in 2011 and immediately has a hiccup where nobody is buying this thing. Um, nobody. So Nintendo actually does a pretty uh, un-Nintendo move. They they drop the price uh, quite substantially. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what it was, but it was a substantial price drop. And uh, then the unit kind of starts to pick up steam. It would finish off as of uh, the end of last fiscal quarter, with just about 75 million units sold and 49 games that have sold 1 million units or more, which is uh, quite quite staggering. Um, the top-selling games on the 3DS are Mario Kart 7 with 18 million copies, Pokemon X and Y with 16 million copies, Pokemon Sun and Moon with uh, about 60 million copies too, Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, if you're noticing a trend here, with 14 million copies, New Super Mario Bros. 2 with 13 million copies, New Super Mario Land 3D with 12.5 million copies, Animal Crossing with 12 million copies, uh, Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS with just under 10 million copies, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon with 8.2 million copies and rounding out the top 10. And this one is kind of weird to me. Tamodachi Life with uh, 6.4 million copies. Taylor, did you ever play Tombadachi Life? I did not. And I didn't that, either. <laughs> that's definitely a, a very interesting statistic. Couldn't say uh, I would have predicted guess, that. Yeah, I guess it was uh it was a big it was a big hit in uh, certain areas. Um, for Zelda, uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D sold 4.52 million copies. Um, the Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds sold 2.51 million copies. And The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D sells 2 million copies. So um, just really a successful console. And you see you see um, a lot of series have their best showing ever on the 3DS. Uh, Animal Crossing sold more copies than it ever had before. I think the 3DS was Fire Emblem's kind of coming out party. You know, Fire Emblem had been a series that was kind of a niche before, and I think that Fire Emblem Awakening just really brought it 
into the mainstream and into the limelight as a as a major Nintendo franchise. And then really, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of this or not, but Yokai Watch, you, you play that at all? Yes, it it was a very interesting new foray, I think, for for Nintendo. It it did not. Um, I can't say it felt familiar to many of uh, Nintendo's other franchises to me, but maybe I'm just not thinking of um, of what it what it was similar to before. But it was. I like it. Looks it, like it was kind cooking. of a mix between Pokemon and uh, Yu Gi Oh, isn't it? More or yeah, less. Yeah, and like the way they marketed it, I think was fantastic. Like they they had a really good marketing campaign for that game, and I think that's what really stuck out the most to me. But the game itself is actually pretty fun too. So the 3DS just absolutely made this series as well. There's a couple different games on here that have sold over uh, a million copies, including the amazingly named Yokai Watch Three Sushi and Tempura. So uh, Kid Icarus also had its best ever showing. And you know what? Before anyone corrects me, um, I forgot to mention a Legend of Zelda title. Triforce Heroes. That sold 1.14 million copies on the 3DS as well. So, um, you know, don't hate me for forgetting that. So really just an incredibly successful console. Um, I think that its status as the greatest handheld ever is undisputable. What say you to that? Mm. I don't know. You know, you're you're probably right. I I guess from a numbers perspective, it definitely is. Um, I'm, I'm let me just clarify. I'm talking from a quality game perspective. Okay. I think, yeah, you're probably right. I I think the only game console or portable game console that kind of matches. Matches that would maybe be Game Boy slash Game Boy Color. Ooh, I don't maybe think so. Game Boy Advance actually. Now that I think about it, if if anything, I'd say Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Even then, they, I don't Game think Game Boy so. Advance had some solid titles. I mean, we we did our ranking list of it, so we did, and there was some really really good stuff. And uh, I think maybe eventually we'll we'll get into it and do a, a full blown ranking of 3ds. Uh, that might be a nice way to kind of send it off into the sunset even more when the time officially comes. But um, you just look, my, my 3DS collection is like 10 times my my next closest portable collection. So That's to me, impressive. I just, I feel like this leaves just a really, a really great legacy of quality video games behind. All like, usually you have a console and you buy a game and you're just like, ah, this isn't all that good. Like, it's not as good as I hoped it would be. Um, I look up my collection of 3DS games, and there's not really a single stinker among them. I, you know, what? I also don't I buy Kirby games. Yeah, I. <laughs> we all know how you're feeling, what your feelings are about about Kirby, but I can't say I, um, I can really like find find a bad one either. I, and I don't know whether that's just because Nintendo had really great marketing in terms of like they they felt. Or, or they marketed games to the point where it was like, we know what these games do. We know who we're going to appeal to. So we're not going to market, you know, oranges to Apple fans. But it was, it was such a such a successful console, and it was such an interesting console because it was a derivative of a previous console. 
and uh, like much much like the Wii U, but this one actually succeeded. Right. So it's it's kind of funny how that works out, but you know there is absolutely no questioning the quality of games, and I think um, I think it's actually probably the portable console I've bought the most games for. And I don't typically buy a lot of games for for portable consoles. I usually stick to stick to my guns on those. Um, so let's talk about the 3DS and Zelda. And uh, I asked you this question, and I, I think you had some interesting comments on it. Do you think that the 3DS will be known more so for the N64 Zelda remakes or for the original titles that it produced, namely A Link Between Worlds and Triforce Heroes? That's such... It's such a great question because it's... It's not easy to tell, I don't think. And, like, I, wa- I want to say that it was for A Link Between Worlds. It definitely wasn't, I think, for Triforce Heroes, unless we're talking about, you know, a lot of backlash from fans. But, you know, they, it's hard to argue with, I think, in both of our opinions, uh, some of the best remakes ever made for Zelda games. Um, and of two of the, you know, pretty darn good titles, one of them being the best Zelda ever, and did Majora's Mask ever win our best Zelda ever list? It did, Yeah, it did, it? 2017. Yep. Yeah, last year, or the year, was it last year? No, last year Tw- before that. 2017, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it, you know, two games that have ranked highest amongst our, our Zelda nerd fan staff, have, you know, ranked both of those games as number one at some point, and both of them got pretty stellar remakes, in my opinion. And then A Link Between Worlds was Nintendo's kind of love letter to A Link to the Past, and did a lot of fun new stuff, you know, just being able to merge yourself into a wall like you're painting was... uh, not again not a mechanic i was expecting out of nintendo and they they pull it out and i was like wow that's actually really cool and i wonder what they're gonna do with it and i think for the most part they did some pretty pretty cool pretty cool things with it and so i yeah i wanted to liken we're both big fans of uh of the minish cap yeah and that I, I want to liken A Link Between Worlds to the Minish Cap just for a second here, and stay with me as I kind of spell this out. So I, I think that at the end of the day, that the 3DS will be more so known for the remakes than it probably will for the original title that it produced. And I feel that that's probably true of the Game Boy Advance and Minish Cap. Um, the, A Link to the Past, the Game Boy Advance version, came out before Minish Cap did, and I think that most people kind of associated Zelda with Game Boy Advance, with Link to the Past, and finally being able to play it portable, and that's why Minish Cap is is kind of forgotten or looked over, and I think think to a lesser extent, but to an extent nonetheless, uh, the same is going to be said of A Link Between Worlds, especially because, you know, there are some people out there that call it a remake anyways of A Link to the Past, which I don't, but um, I think that uh, it's, it's... it's going to kind of be overlooked on its own console, much the same way that Minish Cap was to an extent. But I I really, really enjoyed A Link Between Worlds. I actually ranked it, I want to say in the, it was like number six or seven in my top Zelda games. Um, I think it's a really, really great experience um, 
just in taking everything that was that was done so well in a link to the past and just modernizing it and improving upon it and adding its own twist with the with the 2d wall mechanics and stuff like that i i really love that game so to me like it even though it'll you know the 3ds will probably be remembered for the remakes more so for giving us the uh i guess quote-unquote definitive versions of ocarina of time and majora's mask um a link between worlds is also just such a solid game and it just speaks to the quality of the 3ds about how many awesome titles that platform really produced where you can say like yeah a link between worlds might get overlooked so you still think that remakes are is what it's going to be known for despite a link between worlds kind of selling in the middle of the pack between the two remakes uh i i do i think that it, you know when people think of zelda on the 3ds they'll probably think of uh the 3d remakes more so than a link between worlds but i i don't think that it'll have that same kind of uh i don't i i don't think it'll it'll get it as bad as minish cap does how about that okay um I think Triforce Heroes will unfortunately be uh, be kind of like one of those games that I mean, like look, we already forgot about it on this show, and you know I know that there's a lot of Triforce Heroes fans, including you, and we don't mean any disrespect to that game, but it's just it's kind of like a side a side story and a spinoff game that I think people will probably forget that Nintendo did in a couple of years. On. It'll it'll be kind of on the shelf beside Metroid Prime Pinball. You know? Hold on. So. <laughs> Would you say we forgot about Triforce Heroes? Let's be more accurate and say that you forgot Triforce Heroes. Because if you hadn't have said something mid-sentence, I would have definitely said something. I don't believe you. That game we is forgot about it. one of my favorites. I love Triforce Heroes. Well, let me just say this. I don't think that the 3DS will be remembered for Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. <laughs> okay, that's that's true. <laughs> I that's can't fair. I can't argue that. Um, but shout out to Triforce Heroes and those who like it. I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't even say I dislike it actually. It's just multiplayer Zelda. Actually, I can't even say that. I like Four Swords Adventure. Something about Triforce Heroes just didn't work for me. Don't know what it was. It's it's hard to do multiplayer Zelda you know, really, really well. Like, Four, Four Swords, I think, kind of hit a niche, and it was it was good, but it, it also kind of fell by the wayside, and I think just most people don't think of multiplayer when they think of Zelda, so... Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, you know what else the 3DS had, which was a really big deal, was a virtual console. And for a lot of people, I know that their, their first experience to the older kind of 2D Zelda games was through the 3DS Virtual Console. Um, It had both the Oracle games, Link's Awakening DX. Um, It had just a a wealth of old-school Zelda that you could easily play, and the games weren't expensive. So I think that the 3DS really did a great job showing people the roots of the Legend of Zelda series, which it also deserves credit for. The only game that was really missing from the Virtual Console was Minish Cap, which which is a travesty. Overlooked again. Which, but, uh, ironically enough, was actually available on the console, but only for a very select few people. It was, yeah. I believe, the people who originally bought the the original 3DS before the price drop or whatever. And they got, like, a special code or whatever and where they could download the Minish Cap onto their 3DS. And I misplaced mine, so unfortunately I don't get my Minish Cap on my 3DS. But it was nice while it lasted. Uh, 
You know what? I had the special anniversary edition of Four Swords that came out for the 3DS too, and it was only available for like, like I don't know, a month or something like that, and you had to download it then. And I broke my 3DS, and I tried to re-download it on my new one. It didn't go through. Yeah, I lost it. it was very limited. <sighs> that makes me sad. But really, the point is, is that there's there's a lot of Zelda that you can play on the 3DS. Um, you know, sure. the, the NES titles, if you have a new 3DS, you can download A Link to the Past. Um, you get Link's Awakening, both the Oracle games. And the 3DS is great for me because I hadn't played the Oracle games in a, probably like five years before I finally picked up my 3DS and replayed them. And it's just a, it was such a, a great resource to catch up on all of those classics. And I don't think that that really gets talked about enough and like how how pivotal that that is to uh to a lot of players like catching up on zelda i mean we use a ton of 3ds's at the marathon yeah i was just about to bring that up like it's one of the only ways we can actually stream the oracle games and you know it, it works great and i i downloaded oracle of seasons again after the marathon last year just because you know watching it being played again re- kind of rekindled my my love for it and i wanted to to play through it again and you know it, it plays just like I remember, so that that's that is a feat in and of its own. And I think um, you're you're absolutely right. The ability to bring those older titles to newer potential fans is probably one of the greatest gifts that the 3DS brought to to Zelda. So really quickly, give me give me an answer. If you had to speculate in a percentage how much time you spent with the 3d actually turned on versus turned off while playing games on 3ds what do you think that percentage is Ooh, maybe okay so <laughs> when, <laughs> when ocarina of time 3d first came out i won't lie probably a hundred percent of the time almost uh i was playing with the 3d on when when it initially came out and i think for most other games I, it it might be ten percent of the time. I don't. I I would always like play a game and ten percent just to see what it says. I oh. uh, okay. Well, uh, to be fair, I also first of all, I play all the Ace I think, Attorney. I games think I had 3D. like two percent. Well, I play all the Ace Attorney games in 3D. maybe. I played Ocarina of Time a lot in three D. I played Majora's Mask three in a lot a lot in three D. You know, it was just really everything else. That I would turn it on maybe when I first played the game, but not much beyond that. Yeah, I when I first got it, I tried to play in 3D, and it just uh, it was such a pain just having to hold the uh, the 3DS in the exact right position. Um, I did play, I want to say Bravely Default. It had a very storybook esque presentation to it that I tried to play in 3D, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I would have probably been okay buying a 2DS, which Nintendo wisely released not that long after the 3DS uh, came about. Well, they also fixed that issue you have with the 3DS in the new 3DS XL. It's a lot less cumbersome with the way it's implemented. You know, and I have a new 3DS XL. Even then, I, I just you know you still have to hold it more or less head on, and it's just kind of like you know I'd rather just play with it off. Right, and, and if you're uh, wearing glasses, it really screws with it. Yeah, yeah. 
And some of, I mean, some of the latter games, like, I don't think Pokemon Sun and Moon even supported 3D. I think it just completely did away with it. I'd have to check that. I'm, I'm, but pretty, I don't sure, see, well, I'm no, pretty sure it did. I could be wrong. Well, no, because weren't the Pokemon battles still in 3D? I don't think so. I I think it, it did away with it. Uh, huh. Somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that both. somebody will let me know. So, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, rest in peace to the 3DS. Nintendo's greatest ever handheld console. It's been a fun ride. But I am glad that Link's Awakening is coming to Switch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll be missed, 3DS, but it was time. It was definitely time. And it's time for us to get on out of here. That's been our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, we'll see you guys next week. We're going to have a good show for you then. Head on over to, uh, to iTunes. Head on over to Podbean. Like, subscribe, review, comment, all of that good stuff. Recommend this show to a friend if you've got a Zelda fan in your life that is not listening to the Champions cast. Um, head on over to Twitter. Check us out. I am at Spateri316. Taylor is at GIF underscore Bluehawk. That's going to do it for us this week, but we will be back here next week. Happy Breath of the Wild Day. Can't say enough great things about that game. Until next week, we're out of here. Happy birthday, Breath of the Wild, and stay safe, everybody.